Hello there, Alaskans, wherever you are. Welcome to the Must Read Alaska Show. Coming to you from somewhere in Alaska. This is the place where we talk about, you guessed it, Alaska. Where we keep the mainstream media on their toes and where we are standing up for what's right and a world run by leftists. You can find out more by heading over to mustreadalaska.com and also checking out the Must Read Alaska YouTube channel for some really great content. But first, let's get this party started. Thank you, Scott. Hello and welcome everybody to the Must Read Alaska show coming to you from somewhere in Alaska. We're the place for conservative news and we're standing up for your constitutional rights as Americans and your freedom to live, work and play here on the last frontier. I just want to thank everybody who reads Must Read Alaska, whether it's at our www.mustreadalaska.com or if you get the newsletter. Thank you for liking and sharing our content on Facebook. We are up to 23,000 followers on Facebook and we appreciate every single one of you. And for those who are listening to this podcast, just take a moment and give us a review. It really makes a big difference. And now John Quick, who's often co-hosting with me on Mondays, is still out working on a project in Nikiski. He's not with me today, but Scott Levesque, who is our producer, is sitting in. And Scott, you did a bunch of shows last week, and they went really well for us. I mean, we decided just to do a bunch of shows last week, not just one a week, but like not just two a week. I think you did four. Yeah, yeah. So we did... uh... Every day except for Friday. Um, we got some potential bonus content out of that. But yeah, we went with four shows last week and uh, it was pretty, uh, pretty amazing. The response from our listeners here who are always incredible. Uh, I think our top end numbers for all that is that we've had uh, nearly 32,000 downloads uh, over the last seven days. We had close to, uh, I want to say close to 25 uh, I think about 1,500 downloads or so. And then uh, on top of that, you have for the, for the last 30 days, we've had over 5,000 downloads. So it's been, uh, it was just like, hey, we had a bunch of news. We had a lot of stuff we could talk about. We want to make sure all the listeners and, and readers and supporters are informed. And uh, it just worked out really well. And so uh, I think we, uh, we want to make this a little bit more of a habit, a rule as opposed to an exception. Yeah, so we talked about it uh, before we went on the air here. We talked about maybe just launching into much more regular podcasts, not just, not just, my Monday podcast and your Wednesday podcast, but trying to do it on a you know, maybe four days a week. And so listeners yeah. can sort of look forward to that. And I'm really excited about that. I'll at least join in you with you on one of those. I'll do mm-hmm. Monday and then I'll, I'll join yours whenever, like, you know, Thursday, Friday, whenever you, you get yours done. So um, everybody who's listening, thank you so much for all the feedback you've given us and helping us make this decision. And Scott, you did a great job. Well, thank you. It was, like I said, it was a lot of fun. Uh, those who listen know that um, I don't have a problem talking and sharing my opinion on things. True um, fact. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully I appease those who just want to hear the news. And also, if, if you like my commentary, that helps as well. But like I said, uh, one of the biggest things we want to do is provide the content the listeners and readers and supporters want to see and read and hear. And I, I, it just seemed to be working out well. We got a lot of hot topics to talk about. So let's go on to those. Let's, what's going on with the assembly in Anchorage is our first topic. And it looks like at least two of the mayor's staff and uh, has COVID and have COVID. And so the office, the mayor's office is closed at least until Wednesday. We know that people are working from home. Some of them are, a couple of them are in bed, just recovering. Uh, at least one member of the assembly has COVID that we know of. And it, but it appears that the leadership of the Anchorage Assembly is going to go ahead with the with the Tuesday night meeting, and that is supposed mm-hmm. to be the continuation of, of the hearing on 
AO 2021-91, which is the mask ordinance so that everyone in Anchorage has to wear a mask whenever they're in public. And um, that has been a, it's a, that particular hearing has gone on for six days. It would be at seventh day, it would have been that on Friday, but then uh, it became known that there was an exposure to COVID uh, on the Thursday night meeting. And of course they, they canceled that hearing for Friday and Saturday and probably are gonna go ahead with it. I looked on the schedule a little while ago and Scott, they haven't canceled that meeting yet. So I, I guess they intend huh. to go ahead. Well, yeah, so <clears throat> a couple of things on that. Number one is, as many of you heard last week, uh, this is the process for which we have set before us. Uh, we have a ordinance that's on the table for public testimony and the public has come out. Now, the problem we're seeing, Suzanne, is that um, I don't think many on the assembly, particularly those on the left, left side, really appreciate the fact that the public is exercising uh, their right to publicly testify either for or against. I mean, obviously many of them don't mind the four, but it's the against people, those that don't want the mandate to go through, that seem to be uh, raising the ire of the left-leaning assembly. And so what's really interesting is what's going to happen on this Tuesday meeting, because like you said, this will be technically night seven of public testimony. Uh, the public is not backing down in terms of uh, appearances there. They keep readily going through. You're seeing kids ages six, seven, eight, nine, all the way up through adults, 69 70 89 so you're getting that wide swath of public testimony it's been pretty powerful to watch but let me ask you this suzanne what i'm seeing what i'm i'm gonna back up for a second i said this before it is now becoming a family affair that we turn on the apple tv go to youtube and watch these these assembly meetings uh me and my wife with popcorn uh a nice soda pop and we just chill so what I'm seeing is powerful testimony from a variety of different age groups who've been affected in a multitude of ways. However, what's being highlighted is much different. What's being highlighted is the end, as I like to say, the end of the curves, those extreme on either side. Are you finding that as well? Well, mainly the extremes on, on the side that is against the ordinance, because there's some people who have shown up who've who are pretty passionate against it. And it's been characterized as extremism. Unfortunately, there was the incidents where somebody cut out some yellow stars and people wore them in sort of in solidarity with the Jews in, in World War II when they were sort of, they were really sidelined and, and, and branded with this yellow star that they had to wear by the Nazis. And at what, after that, they, of course, were rounded up, taken to the camps and killed. And many of them were killed. Millions of tens of millions were killed. It was it was it was a Holocaust unlike anything we'd ever seen in human history. But uh, the people who are against this mandate are trying to make a point to the assembly that this is where it starts. It starts by separating people into the clean and the unclean, the clean being the people who have the vaccine or who wear the mask and the unclean being the people who are not in that category. And it doesn't stop there. And we're sort of seeing that drift that way. I saw a comment on Twitter the other day saying there is a short distance between unvaccinated pilots walking off the job and domestic terrorism. And it's and I thought, my goodness, you've gone there so fast. I mean, man, goodness, oh, yeah. it's zero to ninety. All all of a sudden, calling pilots domestic terrorists because they won't take the vaccine, and uh, so 
basically we're we're seeing those people marginalized by the leftist media and leftist bloggers. It's really kind of unfortunate because a lot of good people have shown up with their kids and some of their kids who are disabled who can't really wear the mask because uh, of their disability, autism, or other things like that. Well, not only that, but what also I've seen is in the ordinance itself, and I've said this on almost every podcast, the language in there is a divisive language as it is. And I can tell you this because I've memorized it. Page five, section four, mass exemptions, item F, I believe, F or E, but I think it's F, that says essentially those who are vaccinated are exempt and may huddle together in a separate room away from both the public and you guessed it, the unvaccinated. Now, if employers want to take advantage of that, this is me paraphrasing, they must somehow verify that those in the separate room without the mask are vaccinated, but must do so without violating the anti-discrimination laws, which if you read that entire paragraph is an oxymoron unlike anything else. And it goes back to what I've said over and over again. There is a lack of self-awareness in all of this. And like you were saying before, there is an us versus them mentality and it's being written into law now. And I've, I've, I've sound the bells when I read the whole ordinance, when when you first wrote that article about this uh, quasi secret of meeting, or, or I guess what we should say, if we're being technically correct, a, a very low announced public meeting, if you will. And we saw the draft. And that's the first thing I harped on was this language that's already divisive in separating those who have had the vaccine and those who haven't, those that gets the privilege and those who do not. And that's just continuing. And you're seeing that in the public testimony. And what we're seeing now is, is that there's almost going to be an effort because of the support to stop the mandate, to stop this ordinance. Now we're going to shut them down, it feels like. Yeah, this is what's going to happen next. And of course, we saw over the weekend that Cameron Perez Verdia, who is on the assembly, put out a long note on Facebook saying that he is, is tired of, of, the, of the testimony, he's tired of the public hearing, he's, um, he's upset because somebody brought a gun into the assembly chambers, which is legal to do, but it, that upset him and he wants to end it. He wants an emergency order to end the testimony, which apparently there's many more people who want to testify about this. And he says the whole thing is dilatory. They, they're not going to hear anything they haven't heard before. So this is uh, Cameron Perez Verdia, who's the assemblyman for sort of West Anchorage. This is him giving a soft uh, rollout for what's going to happen on Tuesday night, which is when the assembly meets next. They will probably call a halt to the hearing and then just vote on this hearing on this ordinance, which I think we all know how it's going to go. They're going to vote in favor of it, right? So do you, do you can, is it just a standard vote or is it a special vote that requires a certain amount of uh, assembly members to agree? No, um, it's just it's just a normal vote. It can be the, the will of the body, the 11 that they have there. And then, of course, after that, it goes to the mayor for his agreement or disagreement. And he's already said he's going to veto it. I hope he takes his time to veto it and just lets it drag out a little bit. So um, so yeah. we can see now. I have just, this is kind of breaking news here. The public testimony apparently is going to continue um, tomorrow night, which is October 12th. I've just gotten a press release from the mayor's, uh, from the assembly leadership. It says the regular meetings is scheduled to proceed in person. There'll be three agenda items from Friday's council special assembly meeting that will 
they will not be up for public hearing. Only AO 91 will be continued as a special meeting this Wednesday. In other words, they will not be taking hearing uh, testimony on Tuesday night. They're going, going to be taking testimony on Wednesday with a possible huh. continuation to Thursday and the public hearing for um, AO 2021-92 will move to the regular assembly meeting. That's on Tuesday. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm sorry. They're going to move that to, uh, to the, the following meeting on the 27th. And for AO 90, we'll move to the meeting of December. So basically, they are actually going to, to they say they're going to move through the testimony. But that is, that's, a, that's very, very interesting that they've decided to go ahead and meet, even though there's a lot of people who are have been exposed to COVID. Mm. And they kind of haven't been through their five-day period yet. Interestingly enough, so we know some people will not be there, right? Yes, uh, we know that. may not be there. Yeah, we know some people. Now, we know that Chris Constant has been in Las Vegas taking some time off because apparently he needed some time to chill, which is sure. true. He did because he's been very emotional. As, a, as an assembly member, he's, he's acted very emotionally and angrily at the public. So good. I hope that he had a really good time in, um, in Las that Vegas. That vitamin D helps. That vitamin yeah. D helps. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that is exactly right. Well, the longer they actually delay this, the more the, the numbers keep going down. So the public has been trying to delay the vote. And we know that. I mean, this is the people's filibuster. We've called it that on Must Read Alaska. And they've been trying to delay the vote because people get the sense that, yes, we've sort of peaked and now we're going down the mountain a little bit. So um, today for the numbers from yesterday, it was 795, which is really a, a lot less than the day before when it was for, for I think it was 825 or something. So we're seeing the numbers of actual positive cases. These are people who are testing positive. It doesn't mean they're sick. It just means they got a positive test. Some of those tests may be false positive. You don't get very many false negatives, but you do get false positives. And then 228 of those people are in Anchorage. But the, the one thing that's important to remember is that all the ICU beds right now in Anchorage are full and the hospital staff, they're being, many of them are, are getting ready to be fired next Monday. So what that means is you can only have an open ICU bed if you have a nurse, an ICU nurse. And if you're firing your nurses, then you have fewer beds. So we may have fewer beds next week. And even though they're all full this week because we're firing our, our staff since they won't take the vaccine. The 18th is the drop dead date for Providence Hospital. And I believe the 15th, I think, is the drop dead date for South Central and Alaska Native Medical Center. Amazing, isn't it? You know, this uh, this entire scenario at the hospitals feels a lot like the gaslighting from the assembly. And, and let me give you the analogy here. The assembly is just outraged with the fact that the public's outraged. However, the self-awareness piece is the fact, or maybe it is self-aware, and that's just the thing they're playing, they're playing chess and not checkers, is that they've been gaslighting the public forever. And so now they're just continuing that process. If you look at the hospital, it's the same thing. They went through 2020. The frontline workers went through 2020, put themselves in harm's way, were, were tending to those in, in need, while, whether having COVID or other things, while still being exposed on a daily basis. And now the hospitals have said, hey, thank you for your service. If you don't do what I tell you for this vaccine, you know, the vaccine that you didn't have through the worst part of the pandemic. Yeah, if you don't take that, we're going to go ahead and let you hit the road, Jack. Uh, to me, again, I said this last week, logic is your friend. Stopping and thinking through things are your friend. And if you're telling me that masking and having a vaccine 
double dose or single dose of Johnson and Johnson will prevent you from either getting COVID and or not having as much symptomatic issues. What are we talking about here? We're right. always saying the unvaccinated are the danger. But my thought is, is the vaccinated are the danger because the unvaccinated get the choice. So they're choosing whether or not to put themselves in a hard way. And also, do we not forget that right now, as those numbers come out, 795, 228 in Anchorage that have tested positive, many of those are going to now be fully vaccinated people testing positive for COVID. I mean, didn't right. we have that on the mayor's office? Yeah. yeah. I mean, what are we doing here? Can we just, Suzanne, I'm just asking for people to have a little common sense, which apparently is not common. The other thing that we're seeing in the hospitals is we're seeing a lot of bullying. And oh, yeah. We're, um, we're hearing from hospital workers, particularly from South Central and Providence. I gotta say, we are not hearing complaints from the hospital workers at, um, you know, regional. at regional that for some reason they're not, their workers are not being bullied. At least I haven't heard of it yet, but I have been contacted by numerous hospital workers. And I'm talking about mostly medical workers. Some are in other positions. They, they do things like they work, they work the, paperwork kind of stuff for you. Mm -hmm. But they they've reported intense bullying in amongst the medical staff. And to the point where some of these people have put together a group and it's an underground group. And my understanding now is there's 140 of them that have gathered. And these are mostly people at Providence, 140 of them have gathered and they have an underground group. It's a support group. They share information. A lot of what they're doing is sharing scientific papers with each other. Yeah and talking about what they're going to do next because they all think they're going to be fired on the 18th. Now, I don't think they'll all be fired. I think what's going to happen is on the 18th, the folks at Providence who haven't been vaccinated are going to end up on the bad list, the naughty list. Right. And they, they won't fire them right away, but they won't, they, won't, they won't accept their medical exemption or they won't accept their religious exemption. They may have filed it with the hospital, but the hospital will just hold it. They'll hold it until they find somebody to replace that worker. And then they'll call the worker and say, your medical exemption has been refused and you're, you're no longer being scheduled. And that's their way of saying you're fired is that you're no longer being scheduled. Now, right. I want to make a disclaimer here. I am vaccinated and I also have had the booster shot. I am not an anti-vaxxer, but I am completely in favor of people being able to self-determine. For me, sure. it made sense because of my age, my health profile, and because I travel a lot. But for other people, like if you're under 20, there hasn't been a single death in Alaska for anybody under the age of 20. And we've got a lot of young people. We trend young. So when we hear people talking about how not enough people have been vaccinated in Alaska, well, you know, we've got... Everybody over 60 has been vaccinated. I mean, you've got 80% compliance. But I found something real interesting I want to tell you about. Scott, you haven't seen this, but there are a huge number of breakthrough cases being identified. And I'm going to be doing a story on that for Tuesday. So everybody keep an eye on that. Surprise, on, surprise. On what the breakthrough actually is. It's, it's shocking. And the number of people mm. in, in the hospital with COVID of all COVID patients in the hospital right now, 16% of them are breakthrough cases. It's a wow. shocking number. It's absolutely a shocking number. And again, you're talking about an, an industry that's creating its own problem, right? Now we're talking about laying yeah. off or, or decreasing hours. And, and like you said, that's analogous to being laid off essentially. Uh, 
they're creating their own problems. Listen, the easiest thing for you to do is sign a waiver that says if you get COVID and if any medical complications happen, the hospital's not liable. I mean, that's a very simple waiver that could be presented to anybody. It, it, again, this has been so politicized that we've gone past reason. Here's another thing. I read your story. I shouldn't say your story. I talked about it last week. The story of the nurse who, who in your jab or no jab series, right? Uh, who, who talked, I think, articulated beautifully kind of the, the issue here. But there's one part where she talks about it or he talks. I, I'm assuming it's a she talks about an interaction with another nurse. And I'm going to paraphrase this. The nurse says, hey, if I had to choose between going into an unvaccinated or vaccinated room, I'm headed into the vaccinated room without a doubt. And wow, that goes against everything that the healthcare industry, uh, especially those nurses and doctors have signed up to do. Listen, I was a pre-med major. I was going to medical school. I know what that takes. And it doesn't matter who's sitting on the other side of that curtain. You take care of them the best way you can. And what we're seeing, again, to go to the point, we're seeing this divide you know, it, it's really interesting what I've heard before these breakthrough cases, and, and we could talk about this or just move on. But what I heard a lot from the vaccinated people was this. You unvaxxed people, if you get sick, don't you dare take up a hospital bed. Mm -hmm. My retort is always very simple. You vax people. If you get sick with COVID, don't you dare take up a hospital bed. Touché. It goes both ways. It goes both ways. You're telling me that masks in, in the vaccination now plus the booster are going to keep you safe. Well, if that's the case, then you better not sit your butt in that bed either, because right. you're just as liable as I am as an unvaccinated person in the general sense of the word. So it's just very interesting. And the hospitals seem to be creating their own crises right now by doing what they're doing. And the reason why regional, the reason why regional is not having this issue is because they've decided to allow those healthcare workers to make their own decision. And I right. think you're going to see that playing out. And you're going to see a lot of people who have a choice deciding not to go to those areas that are creating their own issues. So I'm going to pivot on you here because I uh, okay. another story I want to get to this week. And this is just kind of came out today. I don't know what you saw uh, uh, read into this piece about uh, former, the former campaign manager for Don Young, but he has been spotted around town for the past couple of days with Nick Begich. And Nick mm. Begich is the Republican Begich. He's the conservative yes. baggage in a, in a big democratic family. And I'd hate to have to see what his Christmases are like. So Nick Begich is the conservative in, in the group of, of a legacy Democrat family. He was actually born in Alaska, but he was raised in with his grandparents, conservative grandparents out of state. And then after he was raised and went to college, he came back to Alaska and he's an angel investor. And he's also a business owner. He owns a business called Farshore Partners and they do tech work. And that's kind of his area. He's a big tech guy and he's an entrepreneur. Sure. He owns a bunch of businesses. And he was he was Don Young's uh, campaign co-chair in 2020. Now, mm -hmm. I know he kind of wanted to run in 2020, wanted to run for Congress. This is the seat that his grandfather used to have. His grandfather held it for two years and then his plane went down on October 16th, 1972. And so it's really interesting that Truman Reed, who was the campaign manager for Don Young last year, is being spotted around town with Nick Begich when I know very well that he just left Don Young's office. I mean, he, he was on his professional staff there as a legislative aide and he's no longer there. He's actually back in, in Anchorage and he's, he's going places with Nick Begich. 
which really makes me think that Nick is serious, that Nick is getting serious about maybe running this time. And he would be running in 2022 against a legacy of Don Young, who's, who's been our congressman since 1973. And who, if I'm not mistaken, is 88 years old. I mean, the guy is, yeah. is getting up. He's getting up there. No question. Yeah. And, and so I am, I would not be surprised if we see something some sometime this month. And I just want to get that over everybody's radar so they can start looking for that because I think that we might, we might see an actual race. Well, what's interesting is obviously people are starting to connect some dots, right? Nick wanting to, to run, uh, you know, Truman being there and, and them being spotted. It's very paparazzi, like being spotted well, around town. And so the rumor mill goes, they aren't but, making uh, a secret of it. They're all they're no. you know, they're, they're palling around town. No, they certainly aren't cloak and dagger for sure. But you know, it does it does spur the question because Don Young is is up there in age. I know that you know he 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 has talked about you know what's the next step in terms of you know who takes his seat. And Nick's got the name, the baggage name. I think sometimes people think of baggage as only Democrats, but obviously Nick is uh, a conservative, a Republican. Uh, he's young. I think he's got a lot of energy. Obviously, he's got that entrepreneurial spirit, and he loves Alaska. So that's well, always plus great. that he's also got this. He's got a real instinct for politics. I think it's yeah. sort of just um, generated from being in the air and, the, and being with baggages. I think he knows a lot about. He's just interested in politics, and and that's a job for an extrovert. And he's really quite an extrovert. When you're an introvert, you can do governance jobs that are like governorships and things. But if you're if you're an introvert and you're running for Congress, this is going to be tough because you're always running. When you're in Congress, you get sort of a few months off, but then you really have to gear up again. For instance, Don Young, he filed in April of 2021. Well, he just won in November. So he filed six months after he had won. You've got to be an expert. You've got to love people. You've got to love listening to people and talking to people and being with people all the time. Now, that might not be the job for everybody. People think they want to go and, and, and work in that particular role. Think about whether or not you want to be sort of in the people's house, which puts you it puts you exposed to people a lot more. Now, it'll be very interesting to see whether or not uh, there will be uh, other people that will jump in on this race, because I don't think Nick will be the only one that runs. I mean, we definitely will see a, a Democrat run. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I don't think they're going to leave that seat uh, or that that race unfilled. But uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens between, uh, you know, Rep Young and, and Nick and how that all plays out. I mean, obviously, they're, they have a connection. He ran his campaign in 2020. So, um, but yeah, it'll be interesting. That's kind of, a, it's, you know, Don Young has been a staple for a long time, 73. That's been a long time. So it's a long um, run. It is a long run. So let's, you know, before we go, I really want to talk about the Southwest Airlines thing to you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, over the weekend, of course, Southwest was canceling thousands, 1800 flights from Southwest got canceled over the weekend and hundreds more were canceled today. I mean, it has been absolutely catastrophic. And it was so funny because Southwest Airlines, they said it was uh, disruptive weather. Well, I went and looked at the weather map and let me tell you, there really wasn't any disruptive weather. There, there wasn't anything on the on the weather history that looked like it was that dramatic. And then I started looking around to see if any other airline who, who follows the same kind of routes as they do in, in sort of the southeast part of the United States where, the, where they said the weather was. In other words, it wasn't weather in the West Coast. It was weather in Florida. And right. all, these other, all these other planes, like American Airlines and Spirit, they were all pretty much running on schedule. 
So they've apparently had some weather event that only affects Southwest Airlines. Or, Don't you hate that? Don't you hate that? Thoughts and prayers, man. Yes. Or it's what people are speculating, which is the pilots have done a sort of a soft walkout because mm. they are coming up against their their vaccination mandate. And right. I know the pilots union has said that it's it really wants to have, so it's the Southwest Pilots Union, Southwest Pilots Association. They've said that they really want to have something from management that tells them if, if these pilots get their vaccinations and they have an adverse reaction that prevents them from passing their physicals, will the company then pay for them for the rest of their lives because they won't be able to be able to fly. They won't get their medical certificate, which they have to right. do routinely. So this is really getting interesting because today they've had hundreds more cancellations with South Southwest. In other words, their problem continues. It's mm. an absolute collapse of an airlines. Well, I, I don't expect you to do this because you wrote the piece, but I, you did write a piece under the title breakdown Southwest airline blames weather FAA for 1800 cancellations. And if you want to read it, it's uh, it's pretty interesting stuff. I think it's a bold move for Southwest to actually go ahead and, and start blaming uh, the FAA and everybody else, with the exception of this. There's a great quote in here that I want to read because I think it really boils it down. It's from the Southwest Airlines Pilot Association, and it, it says it's not an official or unofficial walkout, but they blame poor management on the airlines. And it's, quote, our pilots will continue to overcome Southwest Airlines management's poor planning as well as any external operational challenges and remain the most productive pilots in the world they will continue to be focused on their highest priority safety uh southwest airlines pilots association pilots are true professionals and will always maintain the highest level responsibility to their crews their passengers and their airlines so that was what was uh you quoted in that article which i find fascinating because what you're doing is you're pretty much calling the bluff of southwest airlines it's it's not the faa it's not weather it's it's your poor management that is really the issue and i think well, it's fascinating I, my question is really this are unions going to start to have to oppose these these forced vaccinations based on based on the the possibility of an adverse reaction that would prevent one of their uh, one of their constituents from actually working. I mean, this is fascinating. It is actually well. Th these uh, I see what the FAA said. They said there's been no FAA air traffic staffing shortages, so you can't blame us since right. Friday. Flight delays occurred for a few hours due to widespread severe weather, military training, and limited staffing in one area of the Jacksonville and Route Center. Some airlines continue to experience uh, scheduling challenges due to aircraft and crews being out of place. Yes, mm. in other words, home with their feet right. up, you yeah. know, playing playing video games. So basically, what we're what we're seeing is workers sort of taking action on their own. Now, I don't think they can do this legally; just have a, some sort of a strike or a walkout. So they're just, I think, they're being a little bit coy mm -hmm. by saying that that this is this is not. A walkout when it, it right. very clearly looks like a walkout. Either that or Southwest Airlines is so badly managed that all of us should reconsider. Well, it definitely sounds like that's the 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 latter explanation is the route that that uh pilots association is taking. However, 1800 flights, I mean that's think about the revenue lost in those like cancellations. It was like a third of them. It was unbelievable. Yeah. 
it's i mean what a major hit and and listen if you're going to make a statement the best way to do that is somebody's pocket that's the best way to do it hit somebody's wallet and they'll start to reconsider but again i always ask the question how far are we willing to push this right and how far are people willing to take before they've had enough and it sounds like and it looks like that at least in the southwest side of things you know they're not willing to which is ironic because this past week president biden decided to use his platform to say, hey, we shouldn't worry about this and about that. We should really focus on the main story. And the main story, apparently, in President Biden's head is the fact that American Airlines went from about 30 or 40 percent vaccination to over 90 percent. That was, in his mind, the main story, not the fact that people are getting laid off, not the fact that Afghanistan is still a cluster, not the fact that the economy and jobs reports have been the lowest uh, in the last couple of years. No, 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 no. The main thing we should focus on is that my mandatory federal vaccination ordinance policy uh, executive order, whatever you want to call it, has got American Airlines up to over 90 percent vaccinated. Are we missing the freaking boat or what here? I mean, that's a power of coercion right there. That is not only a power of coercion, but I just want to know why everything about this administration right now feels a little fake and false, especially when you're doing press conferences from a fake room. I mean, come oh, I on, love people. Did you, you see that you see Biden getting his booster shot in front of that set where that's supposed oh to my gosh. Set looks like a, a the White House, but it's actually just a set. Oh, my yes. goodness. That is so pitiful. Well, listen, it, it before is. we go, everybody for the rest of the week, I hope you just sign up for the Must Read Alaska newsletter. It goes out three times a week and it'll get you caught up on all the stories. Last week, I wrote over 40 stories. So it's, get the newsletter Woo. because you might you might miss a story. Well, some yeah. of those were, were listicles. They weren't major stories. And if you want to get it, just drop your email in the box over at mustreadalaska.com. And Scott, thanks for everything you do as our producer on the show. You make it all come together. And thanks for sitting in today. And I know you're going to do your show tomorrow. And, and maybe I'll be your guest on your show on Wednesday or Thursday. This is the Must Read Alaska show. And we, we appreciate your support by keeping us strong, independent, and thoughtful. And if you're uh, really done with the liberal news media, well, thanks for being with us today. Until next time, Scott, I'm signing off from somewhere in Alaska. Bye-bye.